In the sports talk radio justice world, mediocre quarterback play and porous tackling are considered especially heinous. The dedicated detectives who investigate these vicious felonies are members of an elite squad known as the Lanch J Radio Network. These are their stories. Back on the Lanch J Radio Network, as I said, I'm, I'm, doing a, I'm doing a series this week. I was hoping to do a show at my alma mater every, every spring. We do an HBCU tour, and, and I do a show that culminates in my alma mater, Oakwood University. I'm trying to have people from Oakwood University that, that have some insight, not just on sports, or political issues, but particularly frontline individuals that are working with members and individuals and, and families who have been struck by coronavirus. I wanted to bring on one of my good friends, an individual that I grew up with and have known for, for 40 years, basically, Dr. Julian Andrew Johnson. He is a He is a chaplain within the Florida hospital system down in Orlando one of the largest hospital systems in the United States. Obviously, Florida, a major hotbed for coronavirus patients. He specifically works and is one of the most renowned researchers in the country as far as grief counseling and how the grief counseling perspective and, and that whole continuum impacts members and families that are that are going through the end of life process. I wanted to bring him on Lanch Day Radio Network. It's been it's been years. I've been trying to get him on the show. Thanks for coming on, Julian. Um how how are you doing in Orlando? How's your family and, and how are things going on at Florida Hospital? Well thank you so much for having me on the show, Lance, and I'm very grateful and privileged to be able to share just a little bit. Uh, my family is doing well. Uh, we're very we're, we've stocked up. We've got plenty of toilet paper, and we are um, very grateful to be safe throughout this coronavirus time. Uh, the Advent Health System, it changed from Florida Hospital Advent Health just last year, and the Advent Health System is a, like you said, it's a very wide-ranging system all over the country in nine states, and I'm privileged to work at Advent Health Celebration as my main campus, and I'm a chaplain director for seven campuses. Uh, one of the things that just kind of to get set this uh, at the outset is to just let you know that there's a lot of uh, anxiety in the hospital. People are concerned about loved ones. Uh, as you know, Florida is a is a, a little New York to a degree. You have so many people who are transplants from New York, so a lot of people have family members who they're concerned about. A lot of people who are who are really um, concerned about the health of the community. And like all of us, we're all sheltering in place. I go to work every day to encourage patients, family, and staff to encourage them on their journey. Now, have you seen, have you have you guys experienced in, in your system an influx of COVID patients? I also work in healthcare, as, as you and I talk offline frequently. I work at the administrative level. I know here at, at my employer, Blue Cross, in Phoenix, Arizona, we have not seen the influx of patients having COVID at this point. I think that the projections that we had and the preparations that were made, it does not look like they're going to be a need. We have enough ventilators. We have enough ICU beds, which is a great thing. I'm very, I'm very grateful and thankful that, that we're not having the crisis that, that we're having in some states. What is the landscape in central Florida where you have an elderly population and, and a moderately dense population? Uh, we have uh, across central Florida, I think the county 
has a little over 300 cases, uh, possibly more than that. I haven't seen the numbers uh, today. But there is overwhelming sense of uh, community to take care of one another. There's an overwhelming sense of encouraging people to still uh, do takeout, to take care of business. But there's also an overwhelming thanks um, to a degree for the learnings that have come out of New York and San Francisco and out of the state of Washington, where these were the initial hotbeds. And I think that that helped to flatten the curve here a little bit. Uh, the projections go down every week as a result of more and more people sheltering in place and the schools closing and people, you know, kind of abiding by the law. What if you could if you could kind of walk through for for those listening on our affiliates coast to coast and abroad, what do you specialize in with the grief process? What what does a chaplain of a hospital actually do? Do they pray with individuals and their families who are facing end of life crises? Do they help with grief counseling? Is it all of the above? What what would be a typical day at work before COVID for someone such as yourself? Sure, pre COVID. Uh, the work of the chaplain is to be a non-judgmental, non-anxious presence with people of all religious faith backgrounds and those who do not have or may not espouse a religious tradition. Uh, the work is to be a the presence of God, um, to be a comforting presence, but also to do four things. So chaplaincy is about four things. It is about ensuring that people are relieved from suffering, is ensuring that people are in the, the four four factors, four main things of pastoral care are healing, guiding, sustaining, and reconciling. So we heal we heal with people. People may not always be cured, but they can be healed from emotional pain. We guide people to their own green pastures, whatever that is, whether it is a new religion, a new relationship, or a new perspective. Uh, sustaining, we help to maintain where people are. That some people just need encouragement, a comforting touch, uh, some music. And then we also do reconciliation. So where people are reconciled, they're reconciled to their family members, to their friends, to their own experience. So on a daily basis, what the job looks like is getting your list, going out and seeing your patients, talking to the staff members, and being able to have conversations using our own methods of triage, and also our assessments to be able to get a person pretty quickly to where they are. And I'll share my assessment with your listening audience because I think it's very important right now at this grief, uh, this very grief-stricken time for all of us. And my assessment is simply the support, meaning, and coping. So I ask the question and say, hey, Lance, how are you today? I'm brilliant. I'm one of the chaplains here. Just want to know what your support is like. And then they'll tell me what the support is like. It's either church or a club or a sorority or fraternity or even their cat or their spouse. And then I'll ask what, what the meaning question. What is it like to be in the hospital? And then I'll ask them, how are you coping? So all these things are printed in my dissertation, which I did at Claremont School of Theology. So that's information that will be forthcoming very soon. But that's what I use every day to talk to people. It doesn't matter if they're homeless or they're the CEO. Same thing. I do rounding and visitation all over the hospital. So if you're just tuning in to, you're listening to Lance Day Radio Network, I'm on the phone with Dr. Julian Johnson, who is a director of chaplaincy within the Advent Health, let me correct myself, system down in Central Florida. What advice and what 
what what advice or counsel would you have for those listening? I've been talking on the show, and I'm not I'm not an expert like yourself. I don't I don't have that that background, but but have have some insight as a hospital administrative uh, individual and and having a background in in running hospitals and in running health plans. I've been saying on my show repeatedly that it's okay to not be okay. Um, these are really terrible times. People are affixed to the news. They're seeing death in mass. There are people that have lost relatives. There are people that are very concerned about their own physical health. There are people that have lost jobs. There are people that are bounding together as families because someone lost job and you have to you have to start to share and pool resources. What would be your advice and counsel to those that are just really concerned, really in, in a state of peril, not in the best mental health state right now to, to cope, as you mentioned, with some of the things that are going on, not just naturally, but globally? So I think that one of the things, um, thank you so much for that question. One of the things I would offer and invite people to do is in their own hope, in their own way, find something that they do that can energize them. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I found a new um, a new way of of being for myself this year. Even before COVID nineteen hit, I have a three a three tiered method for survival that I found to really be a blessing to me, and I'd like to share it with the audience today. Absolutely, and that is uh, to be productive, to be creative, and do something that feels good. So those are my three, and I have to do two of the three in order to keep my own mental sobriety and how I cope. Is I have to do something that's productive, so I start writing books. I start working on my web website, builttothrive.me. I started a podcast, the Built to Thrive podcast. I spend time with my family. But then the other thing, um, in addition to those items that, that I'm really proud of, I also turn off the news. And yeah. I try to dig into some stuff that's actually, that I've been trying to do. You know, I'll be honest with you. I, I read, heard Warren Buffett talk a little while ago, not re- very recently, about something that he said about this time and this kind of time and season of life. He said that most people look at times of COVID or times of economic downturn like we're headed into and that we're in as negative, talking negative, speaking negative, and talking about all the stuff they're losing. But he said when he seeing these signs that seem to be difficult, he looks at them as opportunities. What can he buy? What can he learn? Who can he collaborate with? And I believe that this is probably the greatest time in this century for collaboration. Mm. Think about it. When was the last time you got to get to know your neighbors, Mm. that people were open to have a conversation, people on the street dealing with the same thing? And I think the last thing I would share is for people who are coping is to realize that what we share in the hospital is that the, the central message is that you are not alone. So to anybody who's listening today, it doesn't matter where you are, how much money you have, how effective your 401k is, is the fact that you're not alone and you do still have meaning, value, and purpose. It's just maybe this time is the time to reevaluate where you have been, recalibrate your own uh, mind, and then renew yourself to go Absolutely. That's that's a that's a very positive message. I think my last question I'll ask you, I know you mentioned that you have podcasts and, and you have a, a myriad of 
different offerings that that you have out on social media. I don't know if you have anything out on Apple Tunes or can you can you give our listeners your information? How how can listeners to Landscape Radio Network contact you? How can they download or find your podcast? Where can they find your website? Sure, my uh, website can be found at www.builttothrive.me. That is my website, www.builttothrive.me. My podcast, uh, the Built to Thrive podcast, is on Apple, Apple Podcasts, and also on Spotify. And I also uh, have written a few books. One, the latest book is called The Built to Thrive Discovery Guide, writing down your story and helping to catapult you to where to meet you and your purpose, where you where your story and your purpose intersect. And I'm excited to be able to come talk to your group, your church, or your organization, your company, about how to thrive through life transition. Uh, just started an LLC, a business, a company, and I'm excited to be able to provide not these resources only to those in uh, religious communities, but these principles apply all across the board. Uh, everybody agrees in their own way, and everybody needs to be able to thrive again, if not for the first time again. And I'm happy to be able to share these resources with you and definitely with the Last Day Radio Network audience. Well, thank you very much, um, Dr. Johnson. I, I greatly appreciate it. We continue to shout out to you, thoughts and prayers to you and all the other chaplains that are doing frontline work. There's so many. It's easy for me in the ivory tower on the 10th floor to sit up and count the money and, and kind of give orders. It's, it's those individuals like yourself, not just the RNs and NPs that are directly taking care of members, but people like chaplains that are out talking to families that are, that are dealing with end of life issues. It's a major addition and, and bolstering to the healthcare service. I mean, we're in perilous times and, and people are fearful. People are sick and chaplains have such a, such an intrinsic value to not just the hospital system, but their community. So we greatly appreciate you coming on the show and hope to have you back again at some point. Thank you. I look forward to it. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Bless you. All right. Thanks a lot. You are listening to the Lance J radio network on NBC sports. Live online. Freeagentradio.com. Told you. 70,000. Well, technically 72,000 last month. Something like that. You made 72 grand in one month. Yeah. I tell you what. You show me a pay stuff for $72,000 on it, I quit my job right now and I work for you. Hey, Paulie, what's up? No, yeah, you know, everything's fine. Hey, listen, I quit. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network on NBC Sports.
get a vacation voucher and maximum tax deduction. One eight seven seven cars for kids. Donate your car today. Listen to the Lanch J Radio Network Sundays at seven p.m. on ten sixty KDUS NBC Sports Radio Phoenix. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmo Squad. The construction Tims are classic in Philly they and are. New York. They are. Connecticut. James Lewis. Never been to Connecticut, man. Connecticut, Jersey, you definitely from Uptown, New York. You definitely Manhattan, from New York if you Harlem. shout it out. Connecticut. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. <laughs> 